Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 Angie 英文。我是 Angela. We have a great episode for you today with my new friend Siwan, who's known around the professional community as Siwan Tong. 是的，今天我们的来宾呢是一位来自新加坡，目前在游戏开发公司 Red Door Digital 担任 CTO 首席技术长的 C One。那他待会除了一样会聊到区块链的话题外，也会谈到一些写程式的话题。My guest today is from Singapore. However, he has been living and working all over the world. He is the CTO of Red Door Digital. A game developer, a brilliant mind, and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome my new friend, Siwan. Hey, everyone! Yeah, thank you so much, Siwan, for joining us today on NG Ingwen. Man, you are a pretty cool cat. You know, you are the CTO of Red Door Digital. You are originally from Singapore, but you've been doing stuff really all over the world.、Yeah. So, so cool. So, I was hoping, could you give a little self-introduction about yourself here on NG Ingwen? My name is Siwan. So, I'm from Singapore, but I've been like, well, my career span over a couple of countries. Yeah. Well,、uh, both in tech and in finance, and then back in tech again. So, yeah. So what I've been doing is that I've、uh, been in games for almost twenty years. Like、uh, I was here in Taiwan, like almost fifteen years ago, like doing MMO, and then after that I left and joined a company like Electronic Arts and、uh, Ubisoft and、uh, many other games companies. But after that, I mean, I left the industry because like ten、uh, years of like、uh, games. I mean, yeah, I was thinking that I could use the same technology to do something interesting, right? So I go into what you call the serious game, which is、uh, using games as a learning tool. Yeah, so I start building like、uh, simulators for the governments, like for firefighters and for the military,、uh, and for also other educational purposes like、uh, training in schools. Yeah, but、uh, after that, yeah, I think I still want to rediscover my passion for games, so I come back doing games, but、uh, with a new technology, which is blockchain. Yeah. So cool! What a what a beautiful career you've had, Siwan. And a few things I want to touch on today. You are very passionate about education and and focusing on really training young developers on how to be game programmers and using now blockchain technology to encourage and kind of inspire the next generation of、mm-hmm. developers. Is that the idea? Well, during my long career that spanned between Asia and the U.S. and Europe, I mean, I I find that actually、uh, the talent in Asia is probably the same as in in Europe. But however, they have、uh, more formal training, they have more exposure, so that's why people have the perception that on、oh, the West actually build games better than than the East, right? Yeah. So that's that's why I always think that is a.、Uh, Everyone can be the same. You just have to have given them the chance to train and proper training and education. I think they will also reach the same standard. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. So yeah. And so, thinking about your work as CTO at Red Door Digital,、mm-hmm. what exactly is Red Door Digital? Can you share a little bit about that?、Uh, Red Door Digital is a a blog game、uh, publisher. So what we do is that.、Uh, 
we we do we develop our own game as what we call the first party games. We also help uh, uh third party developers to to actually uh, get into uh, blockchain. We we build all the tools to help them so that I mean we try to bring like uh traditional game developers uh to move on to uh, using blockchain as as a way. And then we also provide some funding for them to kickstart their project. Yeah. So so cool. And so I know my audience is probably tired of me talking so much about blockchain, but I am such a big fan and believer of blockchain technology. And so are you building now on what some of my audience might know as Solana blockchain or the Ethereum blockchain? What are you focusing on mostly at Red Door Digital? Okay, right now we are focusing on Solana, but our plan is to support multi-chain so that you can onboard as many like players as possible. Yeah, so we believe that blockchain technology as a technology actually uh, will help to evolve the the game into the next uh, next generation. Yeah. Something I have noticed personally as I'm in, in the crypto and blockchain space as well is a lot of my traditional gaming friends are a little bit hesitant right now to enter into blockchain gaming. Could you speak a little bit on that? What have you noticed, maybe insight you could share, or do you feel we can find a common ground and all work together? Well, that's actually a very interesting question because I've been on that path before because before that in 2017, because of all those ICOs, I mean, I was really skeptical about, about crypto, right? But I think, uh, about a year and a half ago, so, uh, when I was uh, trapped in San Francisco, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I met a friend that, that we, we have a very long discussion and I started to give crypto a chance again and, and really study deep onto it, yeah, into it. And then, uh, well, what I find that, yeah, it is actually a good tool to, to, to build a game. So if you are, I mean, I know why people actually, uh, not uh, feel really, uh, bad about crypto is that because the, uh, the project that was coming up, I mean, they are just crypto project that is skin as a, as a game fine instead of really a game first kind of a project. So that's why it's, it's, yeah, it looks crappy. That's why people start to like a lot of gamers start to think that, oh, yeah, yeah, game five is cheap, is, is, is a scam. Yeah. And all this game because there's no good, uh, examples, right? Case, case studies, right? So. So I'm trying to, we are trying to change that. I mean, trying to attract like a real developer that are interested in doing real games and then how blockchain could help them actually. Yeah. Like you said so wonderfully there, focusing on the game first, yeah. not kind of the game fi side of it. That will come and that will be an added bonus, but focusing on the game itself and how you interact and play and have a good time using blockchain technology. And I, cu I couldn't agree more. And so thinking a little bit more about your vision of having more of, would you call it like a training center here yeah, in Taiwan? Talent center, a yeah. talent center. So beautiful. So can you speak a little bit about what you want to do with your talent center here in Taiwan with developers and young developers or potentially people who want to change careers? So uh, we're working with like, uh, yeah, one of the uh, Taiwan University and some of the uh, training school overseas to actually provide, uh, uh, sort of a training for specific training yeah for for the job uh for developing games uh whether it's technology art or is uh is blockchain and ai yeah so uh what we wanted to do is also to have a lot of international projects coming into taiwan so that they have the training and they also have the exposure yeah because exposure is also part of training right yeah so so though so that they can actually upgrade their their skill set yeah so I find that a lot of people are, they are competent, but they just, uh, well, the training is not very, uh, specific to the job, right? So it's probably, uh, 
you'll spend a shorter time training and then longer time on the job training. That's great. So in my mind, that's more time focusing on projects. So project-based learning, is that kind of the concept rather than theoretical programming language knowledge? I think uh, the training is to fill the gap uh, between the fundamentals that's needed for the job and their education, their formal education, right? so that they can actually transit to their, their, their work, right? So on the job, actually what I find is that the talent, there's still this gap between the job and the education they receive for their skill set. So I just, I'm just trying to fill the gap. And then after that, the rest will be on the job training. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's, it makes me think about a lot of my friends here in Taiwan that are programmers and developers. They said a lot of their formal training, it was a little potentially out of date. And so when they would get on a job, their senior advisor would be like, all right, you got to actually learn this, this, and this now to get to, to where we are as a company. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've noticed as well? Yeah. So sometimes it can be very daunting. And then they would, uh, I mean, they would feel like, uh, well, they, they, they don't know where to start. So at least the, the sort of training will actually guide them so that they are in the right direction, actually. Yeah. And so thinking a little bit about the future of C1 as your work here in Taiwan with your companies and your training center, what do you picture yourself doing mostly in 2023 and beyond? What does the future look like for you? Definitely onboarding like new games. Yeah. That is, uh, well, that can be published internationally that attract real gamers and then do a major change and then trying to actually build up this uh, talent center to be uh, of a considerable size, maybe a uh, hundred, two hundred uh, manpower. Yeah, strong. Yeah. So that's what uh, I envision myself doing like uh, this year, next year. Awesome. Thank you, C1. Uh, there's also no age barrier because I think uh, there's a lot in Asia that people think that once they're past a certain age, I mean, it will be difficult. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have the passion or you really want it to, to have a change, I mean, this is, you can always do it anytime. Yeah. 大概有一二十年之久，从在台湾从事十五年的多人线上游戏到欧洲游戏开发公司，像是法国的这间UbiSoft等等，但后来就觉得呢，哎，说不定可以把它这样子的电脑技能，这样子对电脑的专业能力
只是呢，现在有个问题，就像这样说的，有不少游戏玩家现在还是对这种边玩边转的游戏模式有点保持一个就是怀疑的态度。那这状况其实来宾他自己本身也是亲身经历过，也曾经很怀疑这种游戏金融这种 GameFi 的的东西，直到后来跟朋友慢慢研究，有更深的了解之后呢，才决定进入这个领域。所以他建议，如果是还在犹豫、还在怀疑的听众朋友呢，就以平常心打游戏就好了，不用去想什么边玩边转之类的噱头。那玩久了，最后 Coco 就会自己跑来找你这样子。啊，如果你不是玩家，而是想要转换工作跑道，或者是呃有兴趣加入游戏开发行列的话，待会可以多了解一些来宾他们以国际专题项目为主的城市设计训练，好增加一些理论训练以外的实作经验。那上半段结束前，来宾也提到啊，他未来除了计划做更多新游戏，而且推广到欧洲，让更多人知道以外，也希望可以持续扩大刚讲的这个人才训练中心，让各个年龄层的人呢都有机会来受训写程式，而且整个过程会以中英双语进行哦，让你学程式的同时，也用英文思考跟国际接轨。几个字来听一下。刚刚节目前面讲到这个首席技术官，大家可能都知道是 CTO， 好，但是他是哪几个字的缩写嘞？如果知道 CEO 和 CFO 的话，你应该可以大概猜到是 Chief 什么什么 Officer。对对，没错，你没想错。那这个 CTO 的这个 T 呢，它代表的是 Technology 技术，所以 CTO 就是 Chief Technology Officer。那 CEO 和 CFO 也顺便学一下吧，就是 Chief Executive Officer and Chief Financial Officer。另外一个他讲到的这个 First Party 有在玩游戏的应该都不陌生。好，不清楚听众朋友他们是第一方游戏，那想当然有第一方就有第二方、第三方嘛，对不对？那这其中三方的关系是建立在游戏主机公司和游戏开发这两边。详细介绍的话，大家如果有兴趣，等一下节目过后可以上网去多了解一下。那这边我们时间关系，就赶快进入下半段吧。I I love it. So no age barrier, and then you know here on NG England, we're talking about a little bit of language, right? Would there be courses for this training center offered in English and Mandarin, or are you just going to focus on Mandarin for right now? Oh, I think it would be a mix between、uh, Mandarin and and English because, like, there will be a overseas、uh, a lecturer that will be doing online, and also the if the COVID、uh, situation、uh, permit that in, that we will be bringing them over to Taiwan for、uh, maybe a period of time. So there will be also like training local lecturer or assistant lecturers or the TA. To to actually、uh, fill up the gap, the language gap a bit, but、uh, we will definitely want them to be、uh, sort of bilingual because that's what they need to work with an international team. Yeah, I love it. That's the heart of my show here on NG Ingwen and finding that balance between using multiple languages. Yeah, so so cool. And so first off, how are you in Taiwan? <laughs> Is what I think a lot of people want to know. And how have you been using your own language navigating now your life around the world? Well, I'm very comfortable in Taiwan. Taiwan always are、uh, very comfortable to live in. Yeah, so too comfortable sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> But then, yeah. So, well, I think that the、uh, being bilingual actually helps a lot because I like、uh, doing a lot of、uh, 
sort of cross-border kind of, of project between uh, like Asia and uh, the English speaking and also the, the, the Chinese or Mandarin speaking. Yeah. So, uh, well, it helps me a lot to be, to be bilingual, actually. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So was your mother language Mandarin or, or English? What would you say was your, is your most comfortable language now? Oh, it's a, it's a very tough question. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it comes naturally because you're in the environment. So I, I wouldn't say which one is our, my, my mother language or, yeah, I would say that which one do I use when I work? Like when I work, when I was thinking about work is, it's all in English. Yeah. So sometimes when you do social, you can actually think in, 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 in Chinese. Yeah. So it's, it's just, just that differentiation. It's not really like which one is more, you know, more comfortable with. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it's kind of thinking about that as when you're working, because a lot of your programming languages and your, your code writing is using English and maybe your teams are international in that sense. But being here in Taiwan, being social, going out to events, you're using a lot of Mandarin in kind yes. of your day to day life. Well, even during work, right? Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And it just kind of reminds all of our audience how using both languages it can be so valuable. And so thinking a little bit more about this training center, I know we were touching on it a little bit as I just think it's so cool and I want to kind of highlight this, what you're doing. What do you envision courses would look like? I think the main course will be in, in English. So there, there will be like teaching assistants or assistant lecturer that would actually, as I say, fill the gap. So I think there will be a lot of, uh, there will be a very short fundamental training so that you have a very, uh, idea of what the fundamental is. And then there will be a lot of hands on. Yeah. Because like you actually learn better when you're hands on. Yeah. So I think it would be a lot of project based, but definitely you need to go through some fundamental training. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And so if you don't mind, I would love if you could share about how did you end up in Taiwan? How did you kind of decide to find yourself here in Taiwan now with all your travels throughout the world? Well, I mean, uh, in short, I have to be frank, it's because of the COVID situation. But that is not the main one, right? Because I started my uh, sort of a serious game career in Taiwan in 2006 or seven. Yeah, I had lived in Taiwan for like around two to three years. And then I keep coming back after that. Yeah, because there's still some work here. Uh, it's somewhere that I feel comfortable. Yeah. And I hear one thing is that because like uh, working here, I find that there is a, a great talent pool here. It, it just... There's just some gap that, that could be just filled and, and they, they could actually uh, upgrade and, and, and uh, compete with the, uh, in the international talent. So I think it would be a waste if I don't do anything about that. So that's one of the reasons why I'm here, actually. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's such a mission statement now for kind of the, this next chapter of, of your life, I feel. And so focusing on filling that gap, as you say, mm-hmm. is there any advice you can share maybe with young programmers or young developers or or people who want to learn a different language to upgrade their career? Is there any advice you could share that's helped you now throughout your career? I think the biggest thing is is always practice, right? Yeah. So try to get yourself in an environment that you can actually use uh, the skill that, uh, that you have, like often, like really like a lot. Yeah. So I think uh, no matter like how many hours you put just reading about the language, you're never going to pick up, <laughs> pick it up. Yeah. So I think that that's what I find that in, in Taiwan, a lot of uh, the young guys, maybe uh, or, or a lot of people are actually good at reading and writing. But when it comes to like uh, what using it uh, or the listening skills that is still not there. Yeah. So 
when 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 you talk about English, right? It's just not just only the language itself, but also some of the culture and the slang that you use and how you communicate using that language. So, I actually learn a lot from watching TV series. Actually, hey, <laughs> that is actually one good way of of doing things. But it's your listening skill. But you have, still have to talk a lot, so you have to find an environment that you can do that. Like through games, right? A lot of uh, right now, there's a lot of games that are. That have voice, so so you can actually、uh, do that, and then you are sort of anonymous. So so, if what、uh, I know, Asian are usually shy. So yeah, since it's anonymous, mostly like it's a good chance to just try to say it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful, like you said. Yeah, playing on these big online games, you know, you can have a headset and you can actually be, you know, speaking and listening. Yeah, and you don't have to feel so nervous because they can't actually see you. You know, maybe they see your username, but they don't. They don't know exactly who you are. And then you will feel more motivated because there is a something that you're working towards on, right? Using the the language. Yeah, yeah. ideally you're you're doing something that you're having fun with、yeah. too, right? You're it's it's less pressure. It's not for a grade. It's not for a homework assignment. It's because you want to accomplish this mission together as a team. You know? Yeah. So just like when I tried to pick up Japanese when I was young, I mean, it's because of games and comics, right? <laughs> awesome, C1. Well, thank you so much for for joining us here on NG Ingwen. And a question I love to end the show with is: If you could go back and talk to a younger C1, would there be any advice you give yourself about gaming, life, language, anything? Well, I mean, if I would do go back, I think,、uh, yeah, just. Use the time wisely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you get older, I mean, your sensitivity to time actually like sort of、uh, sort of heightened, right? Yeah. So like when you're young, you're thinking that you have a lot of time, but yeah, very soon you will become like middle age, and then you will be wondering like,、uh, what have you done in the past ten years, right? So, so I believe that.、Uh, Be more adventurous when you are young. I think try to learn more stuff. I mean, it's possible to、uh, actually go for、uh, new experience, like even like going overseas. Like for now, there's a lot of like、uh, working holiday kind of uh, uh, opportunity. Yeah, this is more than ten years ago. So I think、uh, if there's a chance, just just take it and and learn from different culture. Yeah, beautiful. Well, well said. Well, C1. Where can people find more about your life? Where can they find about Red Door Digital? And maybe where can they keep an eye on your training classes? Well, they can actually find more information about Red Door and the、uh, our website. So www.reddoor.digital. Yeah. So、uh, we'll update、uh, our news on that website.、Yeah. Oh, got that digital domain, <laughs> reddoor.digital. Very cool. Dot digital as the domain name. I love that. It's convenient, right? It's、yeah. very convenient. <laughs> fits fits so nicely into the name there. Very tech savvy. I see. Well, well done. Awesome, Siwan. Well, thank you for joining us today on NG Ingwen, and I hope to be talking to you again very, very soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Like talk to you guys soon. Yeah. All right. OK， 好，我们知道来宾是新加坡人嘛？那新加坡是双语国家嘛，对不对？他们中文、英文都通。虽然说也是很难讲到底哪个是来宾的母语，但只要是跟工作有关的呢，来宾他就几乎都是用英文沟通、英文思考。那工作以外的范围，像如果是跟朋友在一起的话呢，中文就会是他主要的使用、主要的使用语言。所以来宾他在我们这边可能就就是因为语言能力的优势，让他有更多机会可以跟不管是呃同样在亚洲的国家，还是远在地球另一边的欧美国家，透过语言，透过这个国际语言英文呢，来进行跨国团队合作。
。那如果有兴趣想知道来宾他为什么会决定落脚台湾的话呢？这边我们马上有解说。他、啊、如果想要直接听其他部分的话，可以就直接跳过这段，没关系。好，他会住在台湾，其实也跟很多人一样，不外乎就是疫情的缘故。但确切一点的话呢，应该是说疫情是让他留下来的一个助力啊。因为其实本来在16年前，在2006年、07年的时候，他当时就已经有在这边工作了。那时候在这边的时候，就觉得诶。这边环境也不错、啊，颇舒适的。常就是走了之后又就再回来，走了又再回来。对台湾的印象就是很好，让人流连忘返这样子。而且也听说我们当地其实有不少的优秀人才，再加上疫情关系，所以最后呢就决定留在这边，好好提拔台湾的科技人才。这位来宾他建议，不管是想要精进语言能力，还是写程式技能的听众朋友，真的在训练过程中呢，都要涵盖一些实作演练。好，写程式就要实际做专题，从做中学，加强专业能力。啊，学外语的话呢，就要多让自己在那个语言环境里面多听多用。或如果刚好是 gamer， 刚好长久在打游戏的话，也可以借由游戏中的对话啦，或是剧情来增加我们的智慧量，增加听力练习。当然，书本上的一些基本知识也是很重要，但不用一直钻研在那部分，因为你知道，就是实际演练会会是比较有用的过程嘛。像他之前就遇过几个很是是很会读、很会写英文的人哦，但是当他们真的要实际去跟人家沟通的时候，哇，这个听说能力很快就可以发现，哎，跟他们的读写还是有段距离。OK， 那最后来宾建议大家要好好运用时间，趁年轻的时候呢，多做一些，多学一些，不要到老了回头看自己过去的日子都在干嘛的时候，就突然发现，哎，怎么好像一事无成，什么精彩的都没经历到这样子。好，那节目最后这里呢，有一个字，不晓得刚才大家在节目中有没有抓到 ？Hands on, hands on。好，这说法可以用来表达实作、实际操作。好像刚刚他们说的这个很重要的实作经验，或者是这个亲身经验，就可以说是 hands on experience。好，甚至是我们常讲的这个公亲，凡事亲力亲为。也可以用 hands on 来表示，只是这时候就会比较是用来用形容人呐、啊。假如说你说某人或是某个主管呢是一个 hands on manager， 好，就表示说，哎，人家是一位事必躬亲的经历，会跟底下员工一起参与大小事，比较有亲和力。那相反的，有 hands on 就有 hands off 嘛，对不对？ on and off。若是一个 hands off 的经历的话，常常就会是比较有。呃，距离感，然后采取一种比较不干涉、不插手的管理方式，或是呢，也可以就直接把 hands off 当成动词片语来用，表达哎不要碰的概念。像如果有人要拿你爱吃的点心，这时候就可以给他来一句 hands off， 好，就可以表达哎那是我的，不要碰这样子的概念。好，那希望大家一样也都有从今天的内容呢学到一些东西。待会如果有兴趣的话呢，可以上他们的这个 Red Door Digital 去多了解他们的相关资讯哦。Bye everyone, peace. All right, well that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen, or you can search on IG NG English. 
I-C-R-T. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from 6.30 to 7 and Wednesday night from 9 to 9.30. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. 好啦，今天的节目就到这边告一段落啦。感谢各位的收听，别忘了订阅我们的 Spotify 还有 YouTube 频道哦。那喜欢我们节目的话，也要记得到 Instagram 到 IG 上追踪我们哦。如果各位有什么其他问题是想要问来宾的，也请欢迎在底下留言告诉我们，我们一定会想办法帮你问到手。好啦，那就下周在空中相会喽，拜拜。